Hey everybody, before we begin today's episode of the Tip of the Iceberg podcast, let me tell you about all the platforms you can find the podcast on. Not only can you find us on Anchor, but you can find us on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Breaker, Overcast, Pocket Casts, Radio Public, Spotify, and Stitcher. All the links will be in the description of every episode. So let's get into this episode. Three. Two, one. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Tip of the Iceberg Wrestling Podcast for wrestling. Meets Reality Raw tonight was just amazing. Um, I quit watching weekly television June of last year, 2018. And tonight was Paul Heyman's first official um, Raw as executive director, apparently, and boy, he not disappoint. If you're watching on YouTube, thank you for watching. Make sure you like and subscribe. If you're listening from the podcast, make sure you um, subscribe to the podcast, follow it, whatever, because boy, are we in for a treat, ladies and gentlemen. What a Raw. There were some minor issues, but based on how dirty he's been in this year so far, this Raw was the best to me. Overall, I'm talking about some points. I'm not doing the whole entire show, but a majority of it. So if you're looking for a full like reaction, I'm not going to do every single thing, I don't think. But I got some notes I want to talk about. Raw was great. Paul Heyman, hats off to you, sir, if this was your doings, which it looks like it was. Bravo, sir. This Raw had a feeling about it, one that was a good feeling. Typically on Raw, you had a lot of promos and little wrestling. This on Raw tonight had a lot of wrestling and little promos. Fantastic. Fantastic. The show opened up with the hottest and most controversial-ish, in a way, opening segment this year. You had the opening match was Braun Strowman versus Bobby Lashley in a Falls Count Anyone match. The match itself was great. They were just talking to each other left and right. They were running over each other, literally. And they were just, it was hard hitting. The match was intense. This rivalry picked up from 0 to 100 real quick. Last week they were doing tug of war contests. And this tonight they were just trying to humane each other, to kill each other. The match ended very abruptly when Braun Strowman tackled Bob Lashley through the stage panel wall. And power went off. A lot of power, a lot of static sounds and. Um, it was a lot, about, it was about a good two minutes of pyro popping everywhere. Corey Graves w- was the man in this, he, in this segment. He sold this so well. He screamed holy S word as loud as he could. Whether this was all script or not, this made it feel so much more real. Like, it made it feel like these two are possibly dead. And, um... This segment was intense because of that. Corey sold it very well. Michael Cole seemed kind of somber about it. The commentators looked like they were legitimately afraid for the lives of Braun Strowman and Bobby Lashley. This segment was great. This feud is going to be, I think it was picked up a lot. And I'm very curious to see where they go from here. Um, I, I got a feeling they can copy AEW in a way and do an unsanctioned match. Because they're going to probably say that this calls there to be a lot of fees and fines or whatnot. They're going to make it where the match is unsanctioned. So if these two want to kill each other, they can do it. And the WWE will not be held responsible for it. So that's what I think is going to happen. 
with this feud is going to be an unsanctioned match at Extreme Rules. So that opening match was just insane. I got my phone out because I got my notes. But Corey cussed. That was awesome. It was it was just a good way to make um, the segment feel much more real and realistic. And throughout the show, Super Rolls was saying prayers to Braun Strowman and Bobby Lashley. I hope they feel they recover. They did have a thing, make it feel legitimate and real. Another thing was um, the 27 title is the funniest thing going. And that's a good thing. A lot of people say that there's too much comedy is not needed for wrestling and all that. While I agree, I agree to extent, this 24-7 title um, scene is hilarious. All truth is the funniest person on the roster, I feel. And him and Drake Maverick's little feud they got going on is, is hilarious. Drake Maverick brought his wife blindfolded to Raw, making her think that they're on the honeymoon. Um, she ended up taking the blindfold off and like was very mad because they were here, they were there. Our truth ta- taunted Drake Maverick throughout the whole night. It was hilarious. They were sit- sitting at ringside doing a match of Cesaro and Yoey Jose. I know, crazy match. Um, our truth was in the Congo line from Noe Jose. And he was just, he lay on the barricade in front of Drake Maverick, dancing with his wife. It was hilarious stuff. And um, this whole 24-7 title shenanigans ended when um, the whole mid-card basically was chasing our truth. Um, Drake Maverick's wife went to freshen up before they left. Our truth was hiding behind like a, like a wall, like a brick a column-looking thing, and came out, was exhausted, and he didn't see Drake. Drake busted him on the side of the head with a suitcase and pinned him. His wife was not happy, but they're like, all right, we got, we got, I got what I need, honey. Let's go and consummate this marriage finally. He was excited. He didn't say those words, but that's probably what he was thinking based on the storyline. So Drake Maverick is your new 24-7 champion. That was awesome. That was so fun throughout the night. Street Profits debuted tonight, and it was spoiled, um... Twice to be exact, I think. Um, first was on the, on the opening, um, as well opened on the air. You saw a shot of the Street Profits backstage. I don't know if it was a camera cut by accident or what, but we all started and we saw the Street Profits. Spoiler alert. And then on the Instagram page, Derby put that the Street Profits AEW here. I meant to say R A R E here. So people was laughing at that on social media as I speak because they mentioned AEW on Instagram by accident, which makes me think that someone on the WWE circuit has AEW as like a pop-up predictive text or something, which is funny to me. So Street Profits debuted-ish. They were doing backstage segments. They were hilarious as well. Um, Montez Ford, he was just... He was very gawky. He was very hilarious. I liked it. I'm, I'm not too fond of this direction of going with the Three Profits. Unless it's they're, they're all party backstage and once the barrel rings, they go hard. So hopefully that's what they're doing. I hope they're not a comedy act. I highly doubt. If Paul Hammond's over the show, he's not going to make him a comedy act. I highly doubt it. But they debuted kind of backstage tonight, and it was fun. Um, Mike. <laughs> poor Mike. Canella slash Bennett. Uh-huh. Um, wow. Um, it was Seth Rollins, and I'm not talking about, like I said, everything. 
So I'm probably skipping a lot of segments in between, but I'm talking about the stuff that caught my eye, caught my attention. But uh, Lacey Evans did beat Natalia thanks to Brandon Corbin's distraction. Cool. Um, they had later on they had an interview, a double interview with Becky Lynch and Seth Rollins, which was it was funny. It was kind of quirky to me, but um, the chemistry they're working on the they're on their on screen chemistry together. Because um, I do think it's kind of not selfish, but kind of iffy for WWE to explore the relationship as soon as they became public. They legit became public and they started doing the storyline like two weeks later. I don't think that's kind of cool, but as it's going on, the on-screen chemistry is getting better. Um, this segment was kind of funny because they um, called Seth, I think it was irrational, I think it was the word. And Becky's like, uh, he was making a lot of noises because implying that he could be irrational. It was pretty funny. Maria and Mike Canellis came up and she's like, how about my, me and my bitch go get you and yours? Um, and I died laughing because they called, she called Mike Manella home, B-word. Um, I'm like, that's hilarious. So they had a mixed tag match, and Maria says she's pregnant, but it reports is she's not, I'm not sure. If she is again, I won't be surprised because she literally did, did not get physical in this match. But she tore Mike, Mike's soul out of his body. She destroyed this man's manlyhood. And everything. I felt so bad for Mike. I'm like, this dude. I don't know. But um, the match didn't happen long. Mike was getting tortured by Seth Rollins. He was, had no offense at all. Maria got tagged in. She jumped down and belittled Mike as much as she could, saying she's not man enough to impregnate her. So, I don't know. They're going to um, bring in someone else as the father of the baby. The podcast listeners, I did um, quotations around that. Uh, um, if she's gonna manage someone else and have Mike turn face, which I think is cool, I also think he'd be a good face because he's got. I've always rooted for Mike behind the scenes because he um overcame alcohol. I think it was um drug addiction, a painkiller addiction, it was that alcohol addiction. Went to rehab for it for a while. He's improved himself, so I've been rooting for him behind the scenes. But for this, if he turns face, that's awesome. I think he'll do be a good face, an interesting face. Um. It'd be, I'd be curious to see who Maria chooses as the quote-unquote baby father, um, father of her baby. If they play the impregnated storyline, um, I'm very curious to see. But this match was just, it, it was the official split of Mike and Maria Canellas. And si- said that they signed a five-year deal a few weeks ago. So they, hopefully they'll be used more prominently now on television since they agreed to stay for a while. So this storyline has my interest because I'm curious to see if Mike is a ton face. As we rumored, he wants to be Mike Bennett in WWE, not Mike Canellis. And I'm curious to see who Maria manages next as the quote-unquote father of her child. So that was cool, I thought. Um, I'll talk about this um, at the end as well, but the commercial situation is what made this episode of all kind of hard to watch. Because every time I come out, you could tell the commercial was coming up about how they were structuring the match. They did a two out of three falls match again. At least it was one this time. Um, they restarted some matches. They added, they added matches. Like they added um the Samoa Joe. It was it was the um, Viking Raiders or whatever it's called versus the New Day's Woods and Big E. They ended up um I think it was like a DQ. Yeah, it was a DQ because Samoa Joe attacked Xavier. Kofi came out. 
break. It was a commercial break. And they came back, six-man tag match. And they did it for the main event, too, which I'll get to a little bit. But the commercial, the commercial situation is hindering Raw very badly. I, I'm not sure they do the same for SmackDown or not. I didn't watch SmackDown last week, so I don't know. I will be tomorrow night. But this commercial situation has to stop ASAP because this is what this was what made Raw kind of not hard to watch, but it made the hypeness that we had that I had while watching Raw kind of start going down slowly. And I'll talk about this at the end too. But this Raw was, I think, the best Raw of the year. From for a three-hour Raw, it went by so fast. The matches were great. I applaud this Raw, but the commercials need to be fixed ASAP. So, um, they had Carmella versus Nikki Cross. Well, Carmella came out during the moment of bliss and assaulted Alexa Bliss. Um, and she beat Alexa Bliss in like a second. I don't know if that means she's still injured or what. But then Nikki Cross beat Carmella in what was the worst match of the night. And this is in the third hour, too. So, saying that the worst match of the night came in the third hour is not bad. Because usually it's... The whole show's got bad matches here and there. But this was the only match I thought was not good. It was very sloppy and just not... They did not mesh well. But Nikki won. And then backstage, um, there's a new interview with Blonde Hair. I don't know her name. I didn't catch it. But she's like, the WWE Universe wants you, Nikki, to face Bailey at Extreme Rules. What are your thoughts? Thoughts? Alexa's like, no comment immediately and takes her away. So I think this is going to be... They're going to have Nikki Cross replace Alexa Bliss. Extreme Rules, because apparently Alexa Bliss is still having issues with her injury. Or maybe a true threat match where Alexa Bliss doesn't have to wrestle much. But I think that's going to be a cool storyline going forward. Kind of cool. But Nikki's getting over a little bit. Love to see it. Um, The main event was Ricochet versus AJ Styles for the United States Championship. Very good, interesting storyline. So now you had uh, AJ and um, the club, Gallows and Anderson. Um, I guess they reformed. Um... Talk about how AJ lost last week. Uh, I forgot how the conversation went, but there's some tension a little bit building. Then the gals and Anson went to Ricochet and like, hey, you got to deal with AJ, basically. They were taunting them, basically. And AJ smacked a guy in the face. He smacked him back. Match time. This, this match was fire from the start to finish type of way. They just went at it constantly. AJ beat Ricochet with the phenomenal forearm, but the Ricochet's foot was on the rope. So guess what? Commercial break. Guess what? After the commercial break, match was restarted. Shocker. Um, the the match after the break was also very good. Um, back and forth, a very good match. Ricochet beat AJ with a very innovative roll up pin. It was a jump off the top, off the middle rope, I think, into a roll up pin type of thing. I think it's called victory roll up. Is what the pin is called. Um, so Ricochet was your United States champion. AJ did not. Was not champion, so it's not in the books. And there he officially won the first match, but um, you know the, the shenanigans canceled it out. But after the match, Gals and Anderson was on the ropes, just ta- taunting AJ, like just you could I could feel AJ just like enraged because hey, Gals and Anderson taunting him. He turned around, just molly whopped, ricochet in the face, and he just was beating the tar out of him. Gals and Anderson came in and hit the magic killer. AJ did a um, second rope styles clash. The club is officially reunited. Um, AJ, Gallows, and Anderson are all, all three heel now. And I'm happy for it. Back in the day when you boo heels and you cheer phases, I'm still that way. 
But AJ's a good hero. It's time for him to be refreshed. Gals and Anson, I've been talking to people about them for the last two years and have literally having nothing to do. I hope this is the beginning for them to be an official threat as a tag team. I hope that they don't help AJ with this storyline and then leave. I hope that they stay prominent and constant. They take on the, um, I don't know, the, tag, the tag champions are at the moment. Oh, my goodness. I um, hope they take on the Raw Tag Team Champions. And they, I don't know the champions. I'm trying to think while I'm talking. I don't, it don't matter. But I hope that guys and Anson, that they stay a prominent tag team. And that they end up being very used on Raw or SmackDown, wherever they go after this. But I hope that this is a good sign for them that they um, will be featured more. But this, out of this Raw, I gave it an 8 out of 10. <clears throat> because of the commercials. Now, that might be kind of a, I don't know, be kind of a stretch or not, giving it an 8 out of 10 just for that. <coughs> Excuse me. But... Raw was potential in that way because you, you knew a commercial came because either a match was restarted or um, screwy finish or something like that. That's how you knew it was, it was about to be commercial time. And they need to fix that. I'm, I'm holding it against them slightly because they did this last week too. It wasn't like a one-week issue. This is the second week in a row they've done that. And that's not good. Raw, this Raw was fire, but it was almost predictable. Almost. Because of the commercials. So they need to work on that. I'll be watching SmackDown tomorrow night. And hopefully that SmackDown does not do the same thing. Because they're two hours, they're three. And they do this commercial issue. That's not going to hurt them a lot. So thanks for listening or watching this episode of the Tube of the Wrestling Podcast. If you're watching on YouTube, make sure you click the link in the description below. And you can listen to any of the previous episodes that were not uploaded on YouTube. I'm going to start uploading on YouTube as well as... Anchor, so we can have a variety of platforms to watch or listen. So make sure make sure you follow the To the Iceberg Wrestling Podcast on Anchor, Spotify, Apple Music. I mean Apple Podcasts, wherever. Um, and be doing more starting soon. So thanks for watching or listening. Let me know in the comments below what are your thoughts on this raw? Are you as hype as I am? What are your thoughts on the commercial situation? Are you hyped for the club being heels and reformed? Let me know. Thanks for listening, guys. Have a great 4th of July.